Hello, I'm Fabrice. Welcome to Fabulous Destinies. Knows for his electrifying and unrestrained performances, he revolutionized the world of music in just four years, leaving behind a crowd of adoring guitarists. His name, Jimi Hendrix. From a genius performer to a skyrocketing career, discover his fabulous destiny. The horizon for young Johnny Allen Hendrix, born in Seattle on November 27, 1942, looks bleak. Tossed between alcoholic and separated parents and social services, he finds solace only when home alone. Why? because he listens to music as loud as possible and plays guitar with the broom. It's his father who discovers that the young boy plucks the broom's bristles like guitar strings. He then gets him an old one-stringed ukulele and during the summer of 1958, buys him a used acoustic guitar for $5. The boy, who now goes by the name Jimmy, learns on his own. He can neither read nor write music, but compensates with diligent and attentive listening to the idols of his time, B.B. King, Muddy Waters, and the King himself, Elvis Presley. However, besides the escape that he finds in music, Jimmy's youth is quite rough. His mother dies prematurely when he's only 15 due to her alcoholism, and he alternates between staying with his grandmother and his father, who, despite showing some signs of attention, remains unstable and violent towards him. His environment, one of racial segregation, as he is of African-American origin, in spite of this, he hangs out in the clubs of Seattle where he performs with his first group, The Rocking Kings. In 1961, he gets involved in a stolen car incident and chooses to enlist in the Army's paratrooper division rather than risking prison. However, his ankle is injured during a parachute jump and he is discharged and returns to Seattle in 1962, where he performs as a guitarist with Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's before going on tour with George O'Dell, Little Richard, and even Ike and Tina Turner. Jimmy loves the life on tour. Every night, a different audience, electrifying solos, screams and lights. But as a mere guitarist for others, he's too exuberant. He attracts too much attention, which isn't to the liking of the bands he plays with. Thus, he gets kicked out of the tours and starts contemplating a solo career. At the beginning of 1966, Jimmy sets off for New York City and plays in the small clubs of Greenwich Village. Those who saw him there tell the tale. The sounds that come out of his guitar are like nothing they've ever heard. 
he cranks up the volume and plucks the strings vigorously. In the room, it sounds like there are several guitars playing at once, with the music bouncing off the walls. One of those witnessing his debut is Chaz Chandler, the bass player of the Animals. He is captivated by his performance at Café Wall, one of the trendy clubs in the village, and offers to take him to London to launch his career by forming a band around him. At that time, London is the home of the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, the swinging London scene, and Eric Clapton, one of Hendrix's idols. Jimmy agrees to sign a management deal with Chandler, and in return, he dreams of meeting Clapton, the British guitar reference of the era. We'll be back right after a short break to continue this incredible story. And so it happened on October 1st, 1966, at Central London Polytechnic. Clapton was performing there with his band Cream, and with Chandler's help, he invited Hendrix to join them on stage for a song. Clapton was also mesmerized, even a bit concerned about facing such competition among guitar players. The leader of Cream would later confess, Hendrix played the guitar with his teeth, behind his head, lying on the floor, doing splits and other tricks. It was mind-blowing and brilliant musically, not just a spectacle to behold. I got scared because just as we were finding our groove, a true genius arrived. In the meantime, Chandler helped Hendrix carve out a place in the English music scene. Most of all, he introduced him to and hired Noel Redding on bass and Mitch Mitchell on drums to form the trio, The Experience, with Jimi Hendrix as the leader. He was 25 years old and ready to enter the big leagues. It was Chandler again who thought of releasing a cover as the first single. It was Hey Joe, which stayed in the British charts for 10 weeks, reaching number 6 in early 1967. Quickly, the rest of the album, titled Are You Experienced, spread like wildfire. It was a stroke of genius, a psychedelic musical mosaic that resonated with an entire generation. Foxy Lady, Manic Depression, Fire. The success in England was mind-boggling, and also in France, where Johnny Holiday asked Hendrix to be his opening act. But the global explosion came when Jimmy returned to America in June 1967. One of his legendary concerts took place at the Monterey International Pop Festival, where he left an indelible mark. He wasn't yet widely known, but Paul McCartney suggested to the organizers of the Californian Festival to invite him. At the end of this electric performance on June 18, 1967, Jimi Hendrix began an incredible version of Wild Thing. The audience was in a trance, and so was he. He performed a kind of ritual with his guitar, a Fender Stratocaster. He laid it on the ground as an offering, kissed it, then set it on fire before destroying it into a thousand pieces. Overnight, the Jimi Hendrix Experience became one of the most popular bands, and their tours were among the most lucrative in the world. Adored, Jimi Hendrix was living life at full speed. 
he quickly released a double album, Electric Ladyland, his masterpiece. Known for his memorable concerts and the sensuality he gave off through his guitar, Jimi Hendrix also gained a notorious reputation as a heavy drug user, all kinds of drugs. At the same time, tensions grew between Noel Redding and Jimi Hendrix. The same happened with Chaz Chandler, who criticized Hendrix for his drug abuse and unpredictable behavior. In 1969, amid their tremendous success, the Jimi Hendrix experience was disbanded. In the aftermath, still in 1969, Hendrix decides to form another band with Billy Cox and Buddy Miles, founding the band of Gypsies. However, Jimmy is constantly under the influence of LSD and the fans don't follow him. In August 1969, this new group is invited to perform at the Woodstock Festival. They headlined and closed the festival. It's a damp and gloomy day, the grounds are scattered with bottles, tents and debris, and the exhausted crowd makes its way towards the stage. Mitch Mitchell, the drummer, and Billy Cox, the bass player, finish a bottle of Curacao to warm up. Hendrix is about to take the stage and etch his name in history. He wears a fuchsia headband to hold his Afro hairstyle. Some say it's also to melt LSD on his forehead so that the drug flows directly into his mouth. The magic is less prominent with his new formation, but despite fatigue, Hendrix still shines. Between two classics, and even without his fellow musicians being aware of it, he launches into an improvisation of the American anthem. It's the year of the Vietnam War. The initial notes echo the familiar melody, but quickly, a haunting imitation of American bombs and machine guns raining down on Vietnam come out of the Fender Stratocaster. This is a fabulous moment that highlights Hendrix's qualities as a guitar player and a bluesman more than ever. This performance remains one of his most memorable, transcending times. However, after Woodstock, it's a quick descent into hell for Jimmy. On January 28, 1970, the guitarist delivers his worst performance at Madison Square Garden in New York City, as part of the Winter Festival for Peace. The band of gypsies performs for free in support of Vietnam War opponents. The group takes the stage around 3 a.m. Hendrix insults the audience. The band lacks inspiration, and they no longer find their style as they did during the Jimi Hendrix Experience era. According to all those present that night, Hendrix was in no condition to perform. It would be his last performance before the group's breakup. Weakened by drugs, alcohol and fatigue, the man now known as the Voodoo Child declines day by day. On the morning of September 18, 1970, 
at the Samarkand Hotel in London, Jimi Hendrix's lifeless body is found, choked in his vomit. He was 27 years old. The cause of death was attributed to an overdose of sleeping pills combined with alcohol. However, in 2009, James Wright, Jimi Hendrix's former assistant, claimed that Michael Jeffrey, the artist's last manager, confessed to him that he had murdered Jimi Hendrix for financial reasons. Even today, the circumstances surrounding the guitarist's death remain unclear. He continues to inspire entire generations and influence artists from diverse backgrounds. Jimi Hendrix has left an indelible mark on the influences in blues, rock, R&B, and jazz. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fabulous Destinies. Feel free to share with us stories that you would like to hear on your favorite listening platform or via Baba Bam's Instagram or Twitter page. We'll be happy to discover them.